Hello, this is Pastor Kyle Giddens. Welcome to the podcast. We're doing a series of podcasts on uh, the family, how to have a godly family. Um, today's topic is going to be family devotions. Uh, I've, I've been mentioning uh, the passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6 where uh, the Israelites are, are commanded to teach the Word of God to their children. And it says that they are to teach them diligently in their home. Uh, so th- the Word of God is not simply to be taught at church in a Sunday school setting or in, um, in, in a worship setting. Uh, but it's actually to be taught in the home. And I think this is probably one of the most difficult things uh, for families, especially young families, to do. But I'll also say that I think it's one of the most important things that young families can do. Um, Whenever you begin to try to have family devotions, you're going to understand what spiritual warfare is. Uh, but, But I will promise you, the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. You may be like me. Maybe you weren't raised in a home um, uh, that was Christian, therefore you didn't have uh, devotions. But uh, maybe you were raised in a Christian home, but you still didn't have family devotions. I think uh, most Christian families don't have a specific time for family devotion. So this may be new to you, but I want to encourage you um, to make sure that you make this a part of your life uh, because it's it, it'll, it'll really make a huge difference. Uh, so I want to share a few things with you, and, and a lot of what I'm sharing um, isn't necessarily the gospel. It isn't how it has to be done, uh, but it's the way that that we've doing that we've done it. What's important is that that it is done. Now, if you're thinking about having uh, family devotions, here's a few here's a few uh, pointers for you. Uh, first of all, a specific time has to be set. I think after dinner is a great time. We had an uh, earlier podcast where we talked about the importance of eating together. And one of the reasons this is important is is because it's a great lead-in to family devotions. After everyone eats dinner, uh, the kitchen is cleaned. Everyone makes sure mom's not in there by herself. The kitchen is cleaned. And then after that, everyone gathers together for family devotions. Um, Everyone is expected to be there. They're expected to be there on time. Um, whatever area you may have that in, you may not want to do it in the kitchen because you just got through eating dinner. Perhaps maybe you want to do it in the in the living room, but there should be a place, a common area uh, that, that that you gather together to to do um, uh, devotions, and a specific time should be set. Um, everyone should have their own Bible. I can't stress this enough. Uh, children need to have their own Bible, and I know with smaller children that they may begin with with, with a, a different version uh, than the rest of the family has, uh, a more simple version, and, and that's fine. But everyone should have their own Bible, and this gives children an opportunity to get familiar with their Bible, not simply to to sit beside mom and look at her Bible or to sit beside dad and look at his Bible. You you want them to get familiar with opening up their Bible, using their Bible, finding uh, specific books and chapters and verses in in the Word of God. They need to uh, have a Bible in their hand. And I would really encourage you even to have a physical copy of God's Word uh, rather than than an electric copy and uh, one that actually has a binder on it. Um, so, So you're not having to 
just type in the word and it finds it for you easily. I think it's important that, that kids have a Bible in their hand and they have to search it and look and become very familiar with where the different books of, of the Bible are. Uh, when devotions start, everyone should be expected to sit up and listen and participate. I know that can be hard sometimes with smaller kids, and hopefully as your children get older, it gets easier. But what they have to realize is, uh, you know, you can't do devotion standing on your head. That's just not the way to do it, just like you don't eat supper standing on your head. And when you go to school, you you don't do your classwork standing on your head. This is an important time. Uh, Not only are they there to sit up, they're expected to listen, and they're expected to participate. One of the things this does is this helps children understand the importance of church. Uh, They begin to understand, okay, there's a time when when we settle down. There's a time when we we stop and and we listen. And what what begins to kind of register in their mind, I think, is it's all about the book. When the Bible comes out, this is a special time. When the Bible comes out, it's time to stop speaking and start listening. It's time to stop moving around and start being still. That The book itself should communicate to the family, this is a special time. And so when everybody comes out there and they have their own Bibles, everyone knows, hey, this is a time when we listen. And when they see uh, church, they see the, the Bible come out, they say, hey, okay, this is just like we do at home. This is a special time to listen. And I think one of the reasons why so many children can't sit still in church is because they've never been conditioned to that. They've never been conditioned that there's a special time when we stop speaking and start listening, and that time is when the Word of God is is presented. Uh, So I, I can't tell you how important that is. When the Bible comes out, this is a special time. If there is a man present, I know there are single moms out there, or maybe there's a mom out there and her husband isn't a Christian, but if there's a a Christian man present, this man should lead the devotion time. And what I mean by lead is is he directs the time. Now, that's not to say that the mother doesn't participate at all. She does participate. She's she's a very important part of it. But it should be clear to the children. Um, that the Father is the one who's leading. This is what the Scripture teaches, that, that the Father is to be the leader of the household. He is the priest of that home. Uh, and, and that needs to be communicated to the children so they understand the roles that God has given us as as Christians, that, that men have specific roles and that women and that children have specific uh, roles uh, as they grow older. And, 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 a, and a young girl begins looking for a husband. She wants to find a man who can lead spiritually like her father led her. And as, as you're growing, you're raising a son, a young man, he begins to think, well, hey, this is going to be my job one day when I have a family, I'm going to be expected to lead them in, in spiritual matters. Uh, so that should be clear to the children that, that the father's leading. Uh, now, obviously, the, the husband and wife can talk about things uh, as far as what specific book of the Bible they want to look at or, or, or maybe some, some ideas to, to help their children grasp certain concepts and ideas. Uh, th- that's wonderful. But when you sit down uh, and start having that devotion, it should be clear that, that the man is leading. 
and I would encourage you rather than rather than like a devotional because I know that maybe you say, well, I'm going to pick up this devotional for children, or I'm going to pick up this uh, specific book that we're just going to read through as a family. I would encourage you against that. I would encourage you that the Bible should be the curriculum. It's great to read other books. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But this should be a time of worship, and and the children should recognize that this is a special book. This is the book above all books. This is the greatest book there. There is the Bible should be the curriculum, and choose a book of the Bible to read through. Obviously, when children are smaller, you may want to keep in mind. Uh, maybe let's look at some of the Gospels and things like that. The stories of of the Lord, uh, but choose a specific book to read through. This helps children understand that that the Bible is not a book where you just open it and find a magical verse. But the Bible is a book that's written um, with with intelligence. The Bible is a book that has a flow to it, and and it and it should be read in a specific way. So you want to teach your children during devotional time to read the. Bible in the way that we should read the Bible as, as Christians. Now, this is specifically how how I do it, and this is where it really gets to. There's a lot of room here for you to kind of move around in your own particular family, but this is how how I've done it. I would choose a, a book of the Bible, and we would read a chapter of that. Now, there's four people in in my family when everyone when everyone was home when I was raising the kids, and um, we would uh, just divide the verses up by four. So if there's 28 verses, then everybody gets seven verses, and um, so I would begin and. Uh, mom would end. So dad begins, mom ends. So what I would do is I would read the first seven verses, uh, if it was 28 verses in that chapter, and I would um, then explain what those verses meant to the kids in a way where they could understand it and uh, if there was uh, anything in there that I thought was really special, I might spend a little more time on it. But basically just explaining what the verses meant. And then uh, the next uh, person who read would be one of the children. And so as they read through, uh, I would have them explain what those verses meant. Uh, so they might read two verses and then stop and explain what those verses meant, or they might read three or four. Uh, but they would read those verses and explain what they mean. Now, why did I do this? I did this because I didn't want my kids just to read the Bible. I, I wanted to know that my kids were understanding what they were reading. I wanted to know that they understood not only what it meant, but they understood how to explain it to another person. Uh, now, there's obviously times when they misunderstood a text. And when they misunderstand a text, it's important just to gently correct them. You, you don't want to kind of act like you're Martin Luther, you know, and, 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 you know, bring out a baseball bat and call him a heretic or nothing like that. Don't, don't do that. You're going to lose them. You just want to help them to understand why they misinter- how they misinterpreted the text and gently correct them and show them uh, the proper meaning. Now, that being said, the parts that they get right, you always want to encourage them. You want to say, great job. That was great. Or if they give a good insight or application to it, you always want to praise that. But when they misunderstand a text, don't just allow them to misunderstand it because as they're reading the Bible and explaining to you, they're revealing to you how they interpret Scripture. And and when they're interpreting it wrong, 
it's important that they not continue to do that because that could lead to great error in their life. So you want to gently correct them as, as they misinterpret uh, the text. And, and there are guys who are going to disagree with me on this. There are guys who are going to say, well, you know, I just think the man should do the whole thing and he should just do it. And that's fine if that's what you want to do. But um, I'm a preacher and my kids, they hear me constantly and they never complain about it. But my kids have heard me preach so much and I don't, I don't ever want them to get you know, tone deaf to that. And I don't think it's, it's, it's a breach of, of what God has called me to do at all to uh, have my children read the text and, and explain it. Because it's very important to me that I hear from them and that they're understanding uh, what, what the text means. Now, once everyone has gone through and and all of the uh, Bible's been read, it's been explained. Um, at the end, uh, you just want to bring some application in um, as as the leader in there. The men I'm speaking to specifically now, or if you don't have a man, you're a woman, and you're doing this, you want to bring that whole chapter together. Uh, and just kind of summarize it and give application maybe to specific things that are going on in your family's life or maybe the world. Uh, but bring application into that and give another opportunity. Hey, does anybody have any questions about this? Or what do you think specifically about this? Maybe you could ask um, mom or you could ask one of the kids specifically, what do, what do you think about, about this? Or bring up a scenario that may be related uh, to, to a question that might come out from that uh, particular uh, portion of, of the Bible, just generate conversation as you, as, as you can. And it's a wonderful, wonderful time. It, it's something that once you begin to do it, you begin seeing what the great benefit of, of, of it is. Now, obviously, when you finish up, you want to take some prayer requests. This is a great time to pray for lost people. This is a great time to teach your kids about praying for lost people. Um, I, that's that was what I've always found in our family devotions. We, oftentimes, we would pray for maybe a family member that was lost. Uh, so we take prayer requests, and then we and then we pray together. Um, you can you can have each person pray, or you can have a specific person pray. Um, or dad or mom can can close out with prayer. And another beautiful thing about family devotions is oftentimes after devotions are finished, natural conversations just develop. In other words, um, the TV is still off. Everybody is out of their room, in the living room, or wherever it is you're gathered. And natural conversation just begins to develop. You just start talking about whatever's going on in one another's life again, and it makes it natural, the conversation. And I can't tell you as your kids get older how important it is just to have natural flowing conversation. And that conversation is normally a sanctified, godly conversation because you're coming off of talking about the things of the Lord and and praying and and things like that. Another thing I'll throw in there... um, um, we, we don't do this um, like we used to because our kids are, one of them is off at college and, and another one is in college and our house is kind of crazy right now. But uh, I, I remember when Abigail was was taking piano lessons when she was younger, um, she would uh, uh, play a hymn and we would sing during our devotion times too. And that was always a beautiful thing. You could add stuff like that in. Um, you can find songs on on your phone and, and play them there and sing along or if you have a piano in the house you can you, you can sing a hymn 
uh, that was always a wonderful time uh, uh, to, to me as well, just sing together a- as a family. So you don't have to incorporate sing- hymn singing, but it is a wonderful thing uh, to open with a hymn or close with a hymn. So those are a few things that I hope will help you out with family devotions. Uh, remember, nothing will be fought like this is fought in your home. And on a lot of different levels, this is going to be fought in your home. But just remember how important it is that you teach your children the Word of God at home. The more you do it, the more natural it will become, and the more they'll get accustomed to it, even if they're older now, the more they'll get accustomed to it. And at the end of the day, it's it's not your responsibility to uh, make your kids happy. At the end of the day, it's your responsibility to obey what God says. And God tells us, teach the Word of God in the home. Hope you enjoyed this. Hope it helped. If there's any specific subject or questions you you might have that you'd like for me to to address on this series, send them to me. I'd, I'd, I'd love to do what I can to help any families out. God bless.